0: to the Batman Universe commentaries, brought to you by the
1: BatmanUniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. I'm your host Dustin And today we have with us It's
2: Apple this is, this is Nick
1: And we are bringing you the commentary for Batman Begins So as always uh, Let's talk about a little bit about what we, are, what we like Before we watch the movie
0: I like The, uh, the whole reboot That uh, uh, David Gore and Christopher Nolan Undertook on this film and I think uh, for a long time, Batman comic book fans, I-, I think it was a blessing. I think it was a blessing for us.
2: Yeah, I, I remember going to see this film. Was it 2005 it came out, I yep, think?
3: Yeah.
2: Yep. yeah, 2005. I remember I just did an exam at school, and I went to see this straight afterwards. And I must admit, my fandom had in Batman. And, and for some reason... I and it was going to be good before I went to see it. A lot of people were a bit concerned. You know, If this flopped, then it could have been the end for Batman. But I had a good feeling it was going to be great. And I remember watching this film and being blown away by it and uh, going back to see it many times afterwards. And it, as you say, Apple, too, I mean, everyone's concerned at the moment about Chris Nolan coming back, but they need to remember he's given us... The Dark Knight and this film was fantastic in itself. So people need to remember he's given us two of the best Batman films already.
1: Right, Exactly. One of the things that I I love this movie is because it was really I saw Batman, Robin, Batman Forever, and all the other Batman movies while when I was younger, but like Batman Begins was kind of like the sparking of my um, hardcore fandom of Batman. Um, before I saw Batman Begins, I selected some comic series, but I I didn't have any subscriptions. Um, I used to, but then I stopped them. Once I was in high school And in 2005 After seeing this movie It just kind of reinvigorated My entire fandom of Batman And then eventually led down The road to everything that We do now But um, When I saw this movie We actually went to Six Flags The day that this movie came out Or the day before the movie came out And I actually went on Batman The Ride And rode it like 4 or 5 times And then we went to the midnight show for Batman Begins. And a quick, real funny story. Uh, I actually did not get to see the entire Batman Begins um, all the way through during that midnight show because it was literally five minutes left of the movie and the projector went out in the theater I was at.
0: Oh, (laughs) that sucks.
1: So, it was just going to get big, being... And what ended up happening was they got the projector fixed. I got to see the last five minutes, but then they ended up handing out free tickets to everyone to come back and see it again. So that was pretty cool. I think I ended up seeing that movie like four times in theaters. So.
2: Yeah, I, re- I really think uh, Batman and Robin did push a lot of fans away from the franchise, and Batman Begins did a fantastic job of pulling them all back in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely agree with that one. Yeah, I was
0: just happy. I, 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 it just sucked that we had a. It took so long for Batman to come back into uh, the silver screen, but uh, man, I, it was a well-welcome back.
2: Yeah, and when you look at all the films that were uh, talked about in the build-up to this film since Batman and Robin, it's amazing we ended up with something so good. When you read some of the ideas people came up with, they were awful. Yes.
1: Yes, that is really true. If anybody doesn't know, go onto the website, go under General, go to Downloads, and click on the scripts. We actually have some of the scripts and uh, even the rough drafts of some of the scripts that uh, of some of the movies that people thought about doing or at least got written up, uh, and it's insane. (laughs) Horrible.
2: (laughs) Warner Brothers made a mistake with Batman and Robin, but they spent their time and, you know, Put some effort into it and they managed to put the franchise back on course so they did something right eventually
1: right all right so apple go ahead and tell everybody what to go grab
0: all right guys <laughs> go ahead get your popcorn get your nachos get your twizzlers and don't forget those gummy bears because someone <laughs> wrote me that they love their gummy bears when they're watching these so uh am going pop it in, <laughs> and hot dogs, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dustin will take us to the countdown to get the movie started.
1: All right, everybody, so pop in your DVD or Blu-ray or whatever you got, and let's get started in three, two... I think I determined this movie was going to be great just by the opening.
2: Yeah, I was going to say just the music at the start, you think wow, this is something very different.
0: Exactly when the WB logo came out and it was like real wavy. I was just like, "Oh, okay.
1: This was the first DC movie that had the DC logo on it."
0: Oh yeah, with the comic strips. That's something yep. that Marvel was was doing but DC added like a little flair to it. Yeah. And that was a bold take, too, from Christopher Nolan to just do a bat symbol with bats, We'd never really doing an opening title. That was really cool.
2: Well, I think um, Chris Nolan did quite well in the writers was the the pace of the origin story just, you know, most people know how Batman was made, but we've got to go through it, because this is the first film. But they went through it at a very quick pace, and uh, and it doesn't take long before Batman is on the scene and he's got a problem to deal with. Whereas, you know, some other origin stories, maybe thinking more of the Marvel ones, it takes forever for the superhero to eventually become the superhero. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true.
2: And rather than do the typical a story of child into adult to sort of have flashbacks and stuff. And I think that helped I, get through like, it all a bit. Yeah,
1: better. I definitely like that idea a lot better than someone just showing the entire origin story from the very beginning. It's better to it have flashbacks because then it makes more sense.
0: And, and, it, and it does push the story at a nice pace, too.
1: Of scene when he's in the jail.
0: You know what's funny? It was that um, uh, my best friend actually looks like that Asian guy. So <laughs> I often kid him. I was like, man, when did, when did you come out of Batman Begins? You should have told me you were in there. <laughs> so I always kid him about that.
2: The devil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love this. think I am. You're my... your practice. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: And this is cool just because it shows that Batman or, you know, Bruce Wayne himself without all the the gadgets and stuff could still hold his own against a lot of people at once.
2: Mm. And we and needed you know, to see that because we hadn't seen it before.
1: And you
0: brought a good point up right there, Dust, with, uh, with Bruce Wayne because Batman doesn't get mentioned for a while. We get to live... And see Bruce in his own shoes.
2: Yeah, and the other—that's where the other films all fell down. It was Batman, not Bruce Wayne, and we never exactly. got to really—we never got to see much of Bruce Wayne. Tim Burton maybe did it a little bit, but it was always the villains that the focus um, in all of those old films. It's always Arnie, Jack Nicholson—they're the people that are headlining it, and they're the ones we want to see. Uh, Nolan turned that around.
1: Yeah. Only made a lot of people more, you know, supporting characters. They made them more int- more intricate in the story.
2: Mm. Do you think he maybe went for, you know, villains that aren't quite so well known, like the Scarecrow and Raza Ghul, for the first film for that reason to keep the focus on Bruce Wayne. If he went think- for the Joker, for instance, in the first one, it might have been a bit different.
0: I think that was more so David Goyer um because David Goyer has said that I mean his his inspiration of course you know of course you know he he mentioned about Bob and Bill finger about doing about Batman but he really loved Denny O'Neil's and Neil Adams' take on Batman and he really wanted to see Ra's al Ghul come into come into play in the Batman franchise And which is oddly enough, this is like um, uh, Neil's uh, first take as a villain because he always plays that nice, fatherly type. But he still did that in this one. But <laughs> he was really a villain.
1: I like how he says to him, "You know, the only reason why you're here is by choice." And honestly, I think the fact that you're, I think it's the fact that you're lost.
2: He is an excellent actor, Liam Neeson. He's always good, wherever he's in.
0: I agree.
1: I find it super interesting that they just let him out of jail. And then throw him drop him off in the middle of nowhere. It's almost as if Ra's al Ghul had to have something to do with that.
0: Yeah, and you know what was cool too? Um, every Batman movie begins with Batman inside Gotham City. This was like on a broader scale, so it like brought the whole world to Bruce Wayne, and yeah. that was very cool. Like when the with the ice slopes, how you see him right there, I was like, dang, that is so cool.
2: Yeah, the ice landscape is really impressive. I don't know where they filmed it. It might have been Iceland, perhaps. I'm not sure, but certainly very distinctive. Never seen anything like it before.
1: Yeah. I I have to say, I love this music. I don't know how many hours I've listened to this soundtrack, but I've listened to this soundtrack so many times.
2: Well, it used to be the uh, intro to the podcast, didn't it, for a long yes, time? It was. <laughs> yeah. Hans,
1: Hans, Hans
0: Zimmer was, uh, you know, and when they were doing that, when they, when I heard that, um, that uh, uh, what's his name? Um, oh my God! I Can't believe I'm forgetting this. Uh, Danny Elfman was not going to be the yeah. composer, uh, and Hans Zimmer. I've heard Hans Zimmer stuff before, and I was like, how is he going to do, a, you know, a, a Batman type? you know, music for it. And when I started hearing the music it was like, Oh wow, this is cool.
2: Yeah, a lot of people complain that there's not a, a theme like Danny Elfman had or the the shoemaker ones had as well actually. But I I really think if you play someone this music, just an average person, they'll go, oh, yeah, that's from that's from the new Batman. I yeah. think people it's quite distinctive, you know, yeah, the it drums its, and it's, the yeah, horns it just
1: definitely has its own tone which makes it you know It doesn't have to be a specific theme song, but just the tone of the music.
2: Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But Hans Zimmer, he's a fantastic composer. Uh, He's done so many films, and I really think only in the last few years people have started to actually sit up and pay attention to him.
0: I think he's only getting his appreciation actually because of Batman, really. Perhaps, yeah. And he's been a brilliant composer.
2: For for anyone who really loves their... Film scores. The Last Samurai is uh, some of the best music I've ever heard by Hans Zimmer.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting how they bring fear up already. I mean, it obviously, has to do with what the the theme of the movie, but. Or one of the themes but it's just interesting in and of itself that um, they bring it up so early
2: hmm. and it's nice to have a theme running through a film as we said Batman and Robin didn't have anything like that there's no theme running through it there's nothing intelligent about it but uh, Batman's a very psychological character as are his villains and fear is a big part of what he is so it's nice to see that actually being included in one of the films finally
1: yeah
2: and especially since this is the film where he's turning into Batman and fear is his ultimate weapon
0: Liam Neeson is so cool.
2: I love, I love that line. It's awesome. Out of interest, did you guys um, know anything about the twist with Liam Neeson at the end? Because I did not have any clue about it until um, yeah. I went to see the film. Yeah,
1: I, d- I, d- I definitely didn't see- Realized it right away, but it, it made no sense how Liam or Razal is is played by a nobody.
2: Yeah,
0: you know when uh when they had said Razal Gu and then, um uh the actor uh what's the actor's name um
2: Ken Watanabe
0: yeah Ken yeah. Watanabe yeah. Yeah. I was like I was like wow they went with the Asian twist for Razal Gu I would have never you know took that you know. And uh, it was very funny. Like when you get to the end, I was like, "Oh man, you got me!"
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I just thought, "Oh wow, they're bringing in Razaal Gul." At the time, I didn't know a lot about the character. I just seen him in the animated series. That was about it. I thought, "Wow, that's interesting." And and then he dies. Uh, and we're about twenty minutes in the film. I thought, "Oh, okay, there must be more to it." But I, you know, then you get um, then you get interested in the rest of the film. You sort of forget about it, but. Back in the day, I mean, 2005, I wasn't really looking for film spoilers and stuff, and it, for some reason it didn't grab me, and it did not the news didn't get out and put the film off for me, thank God. But, uh, yeah, it was a great little twist at the end. By the way, I think we forgot to mention uh, Michael kane there. Is he the best Alfred, or do you think Michael Goff's better? Uh,
1: I think he is the best Alfred. <laughs> yeah? Uh, as far as actors, <laughs> he's the best
0: I mean, when Michael Caine agreed to be Alfred, I was like, "Wow, what did they offer him to be
2: Alfred?" Uh, guys, but, by the way, it's uh, it's uh, Michael Caine.
0: Yeah, oh, Michael Caine. Yeah, <laughs> what is it, <hell>, Michael Gar? <laughs> no, um, yeah, I was like, "Wow, how can you get an actor of uh, you know his background to even play Alfred?" Was amazing
1: well, to me. Exactly. It's just like uh, you know, as we'll see later on. Morgan Freeman playing Lucius Fox. These excellent, amazing actors playing supporting characters.
2: I think it showed that Nolan was convincing them, saying, yeah, okay, Alfred might have been quite secondary in the other films, but I've got a bit of depth for him in this film. And it's certainly true, Alfred does a lot more in these films than he ever did before.
0: You know, uh, Christopher Nolan had mentioned that uh, his, the, the inspiration for doing a film like this with these kind of actors was uh, the Superman one from, uh, from the 70s, where everyone was like a main actor that you knew. And he said Batman deserved that same respect, where he deserved a cast like that.
2: The only thing with Michael Caine's Alfred is that I always imagine Alfred as a posh Englishman. Englishman, whereas Michael Caine's is more of a rough you know, Londoner.
1: Exactly, like a like the Alfred that he's pl- like the Alfred that we see in the comics.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose Michael Goffs was just that—that that was the impression that I first had of a posh Englishman.
1: And that's it is how he was originally in the comics. It's just mm. down the or down the line, they actually made Alfred a little bit more with the back history and you know the fact that he was in the military stuff like that.
2: Mm. now do you guys care that uh, they're at the opera and not the cinema
0: you know this has come up in discussions before um, where they ask well you know if, uh, if everyone knows that the night Bruce's parents got murdered that it was, they were coming from the, the mark of Zorro uh, which was at, you know, at the cinema. And I was like, well, why did they do that?
1: Well, well, I have my own theory on that, and that's that Marcus Zero is in a Warner Brothers film, so they can't use it.
0: Exactly. And see, the thing is that um, at the time of filming this, uh, the rights are owned by uh, Sony TriStar. So I don't think Warner Brothers was going to pay them for that. <laughs> hey, you yeah. Zaro, here's, you know, $10 million, thanks.
2: I also think uh, this opera uh, house—it's a bit odd that there's this really fancy opera house with the wealthiest people in Gotham, and the back door goes out into this sudden, you know, the the dingiest alley you've ever seen. But then again, I suppose that's Gotham, isn't it?
0: (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Now we have to talk about him. We we Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon was straight up Batman Year One frank miller and uh david uh Maz- Mazicini, I-, I hope i say the name right Mazikelli. You Mazzucchelli's uh version of commissioner gordon i was like oh my god when i saw that i was like that's batman year one that's awesome
2: yeah yeah i always get annoyed whenever i see those old films and especially the schumacher ones the uh the, you know the fact they've got gordon there and he just does nothing and he's just a bumbling idiot uh Finally, I thank God Chris Nolan realizes something interesting to do with this character. No, I don't know if you and uh, and Gary Oldman do something with him.
0: I don't know if you guys remember, but back when this film was uh, coming out, I remember some Batman fans were like, "Why wasn't Gordon a commissioner? He's Commissioner Gordon," and I was just like, "Oh my goodness!"
1: (laughs) I was like, "You must have read all the stories." Don't know anything about how he came to be.
0: Exactly. I was like, did, did y'all not read any of the backstories in comics?
1: And this makes Alfred right here a little bit more important than any, or Michael Gow on any of the other Batman films. Hmm.
2: There's just more of a, a relationship there, isn't there? They're exactly. actually more like father and son.
1: Exactly. You
2: know, I think Wayne Manor, yeah. this Wayne Manor, is actually um, in the UK somewhere, I think. I might be wrong.
0: No, no, you're have right. have no idea.
2: Right. It's I'm right, yeah. Uh, I have no idea north. where.
0: It's like an hour and a half from North London, I believe they had said.
3: Right.
0: And I loved how they put the the League of Assassins in here. I thought that was so cool because a lot of Batman moviegoers didn't know where Batman got his training from. Hmm. And I mean, you hear in comics, oh, he well, spent time in Asia, he spent time with with this instructor I thought this was like awesome that uh David Goyer and Christopher Nolan put this inside the film.
1: It makes perfect, like this it makes things make sense a little bit more about how he learned to do this, how he learned to do that, why he has the gauntlets on his arms, stuff like that. It makes sense now.
2: Yeah. I mean, when you look at the Burton one, the first film, uh there's just no explanation. All of a sudden, oh, we've got a man running around dressed up as a bat. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do love the fight on ice. It's awesome.
1: Again, I'm loving this music.
3: Hmm.
0: I love that too, man. <laughs> Where he had just told him, he goes, Your parents' death was not your fault. It was your father's.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just rub it in. Yeah.
0: And it, it really adds more because later on in the film, you find out the backstory behind that meaning.
3: Mm. <laughs>
2: still makes you laugh I know she hasn't turned up yet, but um, would you guys agree that the largest, weakest link of the film would be Rachel Dawes?
1: Mm, Yeah.
2: Yeah. Do you think it would have been just as, if if they'd got Maggie Gyllenhaal in for this film, do you think that would have solved everything, or do you think it was just not written very well?
1: uh, The character herself, I don't think was written bad, but I just don't think, like, you could easily just take out every bit. That had her in it, and the story would still fly, still be fine.
0: Yeah, I th- I think Maggie is uh is a better actress than uh, Katie Holmes. Um, I I I I like Maggie better. Um, but I mean, if uh, that's that's just me, I just think that her performance, as far as the character, would have been better if Maggie was cast in the first one rather than Katie.
2: Hmm. I do think, though, that those simple damsel-in-distress roles are very difficult to make interesting. I mean, when you look at the Spider-Man ones, I can't stand... You know, it's that Mary Jane, she's constantly getting kidnapped and Spider-Man has to save her and stuff. And I mean, that it's just it's really boring. Uh, Rachel Dawes is a bit better than that, but she's still, she's still certainly the weakest part of the film, I think. As you say, Dustin, she just, you could take her out completely and it wouldn't make any difference. I think she was a bit better in the Dark Knight, though.
0: I like that when uh, when Bruce returns home and everything's covered up, it's, it makes you buy into that that missing part of the house. It makes you feel like lonely because of his parents, you know. And that that feeling is still there within the movie, as even though these two characters are the only ones left, Alfred and and Bruce, it's still selling you on the impact of the parents' death.
2: Is Alfred just staying in that way manner then, do you reckon? Just constantly keeping it clean while everyone's away? Pretty much.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's like in the back room or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Decided after a while nobody was coming around, he decided to put drop cloths on everything. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else thought about this, but I thought that the actor who played Thomas Wayne and the actor who played the mayor of Gotham City in The Dark Knight, I thought they looked very similar. It wasn't obviously the same actor, but they looked very close.
2: Do you reckon that's a plot for uh, for Batman 3? The mayor is secretly Thomas Wayne.
1: <laughs> and the black, involved. The black
3: love,
0: <laughs> yeah, the black love in Batman Three. It, it's it's we broke the spoiler. No, uh, every time I see the mayor from the Dark Knight, I always think of um, oh, what is that that cartoon he was on?
2: Cartoon?
0: Yeah, he played a a comic book character actually. Um, ah, oh, the guy's blue. He's that big blue. Oh, the tick. Character the tick yes he was the wombat (laughs) (laughs) so every time i see that always think of the wombat
2: i always i'm a big big lost fan and uh, the mayor from the dark knight is quite a big character in lost at the moment so he always reminds me of that and also yeah he's got the eye (laughs) shadow he's had loads of questions about that apparently it's natural i think that's uh, a load of rubbish (laughs) Anyway, this is Batman Begins, not Lost. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I didn't know going into this film about um, Christian Bell. and um, I mean I've seen him in films. I had saw him in that um, what's that one dust with Tim and the and the dragon with the. With Matthew
2: McConaughey. Oh, Rain, rain of Hell? Rain the in rain Hell? Over me. The oh, rain of Fire? I
1: don't know, something rain like that. Of, rain, rain, of over me, so. rain Over Me was an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Rain <laughs> Over Me? <laughs> it was Rain of it's Fire. The drag- right? Is, is like that,
2: that one you're talking about, the one that's dragons in London, isn't it, with yeah. Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, yeah
0: that's yeah, rain, yeah, yeah. rain
1: of Fire.
2: Yeah, it's not very good. And
0: when they casted him, I was just like, I was like, the guy from the Dragon movie? And I was like, okay. And I, was, I went back and I saw him. And I was like looking at him trying to be like Batman, and I was like, well, I, you know, I can see him kind of getting fit, you know, and uh, I was like, wow. I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not a guy that can. I don't. I've never tried to cast a movie, but uh, I thought they did a wonderful job. I mean, the guy is a great actor, and I saw American Cycle um, during that time too, and I was like, whoa, this guy's, this guy's a great actor.
2: American Psycho is brilliant. I love it.
1: What's really cool about uh, Christian Bale is he can easily play somebody younger and then play somebody who's older, and they don't have to do a whole lot. Hmm.
0: I love that. When we found out about Joe Chill, I was like, I literally in the theaters just started clapping. I was like, <gasps> you know what I mean? Of course, no one in the theater was knowing what you know what you know as a as a Batman fan. But this was the guy in the comic books that really killed his parents. And I was just like, oh my god, yes, thank you.
2: I think it, it means a lot more when you've got a, the average bloke has killed their parents. Not the Joker, not someone like that. Just an average guy. I think that does mean a lot more to the character. I think they missed out a lot from not doing that in 89.
0: And you know, it adds more to the city of selling Gotham City. You know what I mean? Of how really, you know, violent and uh, the way it is.
2: Mm. But we've mentioned this before. Just the little nods that Nolan put in, like he didn't have to use Joe Chill, but he decided to. He didn't have to use Mister Zaz, but he did. Just little things like that, which make a lot of people happy.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just like putting Scarecrow in in The Dark Nights. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, it lets it lets you know that they're telling a bigger story than what you you're really being led on to see. Now, I will say this: when I was watching this film and they went down under, I was like, I was like, I knew that they were filming this in Chicago. I was like, Does Chicago really have that? You know what I mean? Then <laughs> I and it made you want to find out more about Chicago. I was like, Oh wait.
2: Personally, I didn't find this whole underworld bit to be that brilliant. Just because I thought that's well, just like a car park or something. It doesn't. It didn't look like there was a whole sewer underbelly of Chicago. It just looked like they went into a car park.
1: Well, being from Chicago originally, I can tell you it doesn't really look. It doesn't really look like uh, Lower Wacker Drive, which some of some people may know what that is. But that's kind of the bad part. And uh, definitely doesn't look like that.
2: <laughs> mm. Did you um? Did you manage to hear much news about when they were filming all this stuff? Were you in Chicago at the time?
1: Yes, I was, and it was all it was. It'd be like a nightly occurrence on the local news. The other thing that's really interesting is that uh, why would Falcone's bar be right around the underbelly of Gotham? Why would his main bar, being as rich as he is, be right there?
2: Oh, well, maybe the maybe I, the place is too that scared
3: that adds, to
0: go um, Exactly, and it, it it adds to that uh, that 30s theme. You know what I mean? When these when these crime bosses weren't scared of law or or they can hang around in the deepest, darkest ghettos. You know what I mean? And have just something nice as the those little uh, bars and casinos that they used to have. You know, back then. I love that. I love that aspect. I like that they added that in there.
2: Now you I don't know what you guys would think about this, but the guy who plays Falcone, uh Tom Wilkinson his name is, uh I think his accent is awful. Really terrible. Uh what do you guys reckon? Do you think it does it sound quite genuine to you? You
0: know what? I I liked him. I knew he was an English actor. Yeah. But um I liked him. It, it looked like uh, one of those uh, those old style type um, Italian type guys. I think that's what he tried to go for.
2: I thought it was a bit over the top, and maybe it's because I've heard him, you know, with his English accent quite a bit. But I really thought, wow, that's, that sounds awful. <laughs> it just sounds like he's really trying to put on, as you say, some old fashioned uh, Italian mobster thing.
1: fear what you don't understand.
2: Bit different to the comics this uh, Carmine Falcone. By the way, did you guys know that uh, Cillian Murphy auditioned for the role of Batman in yep. this film? Yep,
1: yep. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> and Nolan liked him so much that he gave him Scarecrow.
2: Yeah. I'm always amazed as well by Christian Bale because the film he did before this was The, uh, the Machinist, where he was incredibly skinny. Like, yep so skinny it was close to death and uh and then he then he beefed up for this in a matter of months as well yeah was, i think uh, he got too was, big didn't yeah he? he
1: did get too big and there's a running rumor amongst the cast they called him fat man for a while because he got bigger <laughs> so he could he, he bulked up but then he had to uh he was trying to uh well,
2: trying they, to i thought they just said to him just to get just get moves. big
1: yeah. yeah, they
0: told him just... And, go and, and he got and, too big. going for the Frank Miller part.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, the, and, and then he turned the, up and they said, actually, uh, you're a bit too big. You lose a bit of weight.
0: Well, the, the, key, the key grips, which are the, the guys that do the lighting and stuff, they worked with him before, and they were like, bloody hell, Chris, are we doing Fat Man or Batman? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny.
1: Oh, I love that part right there. I'm not a criminal. Tell that to the man who owned these. And it ends up being boxes from Wayne Enterprises.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And it's just a bit more info about what he was up to and why he was in... uh, Is it Korea he starts off in?
1: Uh, I don't know, somewhere over there. Yeah. There's there's too many little countries over there to really determine which one. A lot of people were saying... Yeah, a lot of people were thinking it might have been Tibet because of the mountains.
2: Hmm. But there's so much um, in that period of time between when he leaves Gotham to when he comes back to explore and they just went through it pretty quickly and it's a good way of doing things. I always think there's actually a potential TV show in that in those years. Yep. From, uh, from when he leaves Gotham and travelling Asia and Africa and stuff to when he comes back.
1: Well, I mean, those of us who read the comics, um, I mean, we know for a fact that the the comics there was he went he met all kinds of people. Henry Ducard mm-hmm. was one of those people, but he also went and met Satana's father, we taught him the art of escape, uh, you know, being an uh, escape artist. There's yeah. a lot of really cool things that happened back then, or that that happened in that time frame. But we haven't had even there hasn't even really been a decent story written in comics about it
2: no exactly. I think there's a big room there biggest space there for someone to explore and uh, I reckon a TV show could do it it'd be like Smallville but good <laughs> <laughs> no I'm only kidding
0: <laughs> I love that with uh when Bruce is dressed up like a like a ninja type I was just like, yes,
2: sweet. Yeah, and just going back to that point I made at the start about flying through the origin story. We're now about halfway through the film, and we've pretty much learned all of Bruce Wayne's origin, and we're you know we're about to finish off this assassins bit. I mean that's fast work. Uh, you know, Spider-Man would have taken a whole film to do that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And then Mary Jane would have been asking for help somewhere along the line. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: What did you guys reckon to the uh, the video game for this, vi- for this film?
0: I loved it. I loved it.
2: No, yeah, I, I thought it was too. pretty good.
1: Definitely, I, thought... I, liked, I liked the part where he was the ninja and you had to really learn. And it worked perfectly because it was kind of like a tutorial for what you would have to do later on in the game as far as the different moves yeah. and the control. But it worked out perfectly because in the movie, when he's with the League of Assassins, it's like a tutorial.
2: Exactly. Mm, that's what made me exactly. think of it, actually, just watching this bit again.
0: I loved the the Batmobile part when you were in the Batmobile. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: It, they were good, yeah. Speaking of which, when I mean when we get to it we'll talk about it, but when this Batmobile first turned up in this film it was pretty impressive. I haven't really seen anything like it before.
0: I love that where Bruce had faked them out. <laughs> oh man, yeah. that was so cool. <laughs> You know when uh, when I was watching this film, I, I of course I don't like spoilers. I don't I don't like reading about them, but sometimes you can't help it because you need that little itch to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if Talia was ever going to come out. I was like, man, I wonder if Talia's going to come out.
2: Yeah,
1: Shirk would be nice. They
2: could have just done another little touch couldn't they just like they have with Mr. Zaz and stuff like that and just get a brief appearance of her
1: I think it'd be awesome especially if Nolan comes back just for one more for Bruce to go through or Batman to go through Arkham Asylum and just see like just little signs or something that say like different people
3: Mm mm-hmm
1: like, I, like that whole idea of that Supermax movie with Green Arrow, I thought that would be the coolest thing, because we would see so many DC Universe villains. Mm. I agree.
2: Well, I always loved it in the animated series, when uh, Batman went to Arkham Asylum, and you'd see all the villains in their cells. I mean, they wouldn't need the voice actors to come in and do anything, but you just see, like, Two-Face flipping his coin, and... Poison Ivy, growing a plant, stuff like that. If they could do something like that in the film, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. Even, like, even some of the characters that aren't necessarily, um, realistic, they could still have and not necessarily explain. They could just show some girl at Arkham, some normal looking chick with red hair who's got a plat, uh, a potted plant or something.
0: Mm. Right, because we could just tell right off the bat, oh, that's Poison Ivy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Didn't one of the um, the news reports that we had on one of the podcasts? Didn't someone talk to Liam Neeson recently about coming back? Because uh, since they think Raz Al Ghul might not have died because he's There's, immortal and everything.
1: Yeah, it was definitely uh, that happened right around the time that movie Taken came out, which was back in January.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, which was a great film too.
1: But he definitely said that he'd, he'd be completely up for doing anything
2: yeah but anyway I shouldn't have brought that up because I, I hate that MTV guy who keeps interviewing everyone
0: <laughs> every question every question he's like hey uh, and on am Batman <laughs> yeah I hate rumors because that's all they are they're just rumors
2: yeah but it's nice to think about sometimes
0: yeah it is
2: Just thinking about the possibilities. I thought this action sequence was brilliant, really.
0: The fighting but the ninjas are... was awesome too.
2: Yeah, but you think the only thing that bothered me was the the army of ninjas just suddenly disappeared and yeah. weren't helping him out. It's at like all. they all
1: take off.
0: Yeah. Well you know like you know, ninjas is like ninja, disappear. Yeah <laughs> You know? <laughs> and I I thought like, wow he just kills Raza Go. I was like, that's totally not like in the comics, but
2: yeah, I thought, oh, that was a bit of a shame.
0: Because I usually treat that with, with Hollywood. Whenever I would see a Batman film, I really don't count it against the, the comics because it was, oh, it's always been different. It's always been different. But yeah. this was the first one that had similarities from uh, Batman Year One and The Long Halloween with Carmine. I was just like, oh, that's so cool. Honestly,
1: I don't know how in the world he would be able to do what he's doing as far as picking him up like that
2: oh he yeah I know
1: popped his shoulder out of place or something
2: <laughs> I think his arm would have come off and to pull him back up again pretty insane but looks good though
1: that here he is all dirty as heck and he comes up to a private plane (laughs)
3: Yeah. (laughs)
1: yeah
0: This interaction between uh, between Bruce and Alfred was it was really sweet. <laughs> you buy more into Alfred's character here, too. Yep.
2: Hmm. As, as we said, the, the Burton films touched on it a little bit. It might just be a line or two between them, but this was a lot more, and it, as we said, really did a lot for Alfred. You actually really feel he's more of a partner than just a servant.
0: Yeah, you you know, and uh, at the time, you know, of course, I've been on forums since, gosh, since the internet started in the 90s. But, like, what I was sharing was that this was, like, the first Batman film that really felt like a comic book story. And I loved it.
2: And the writing is just magnificent because, you know, you've got serious bit about Bruce explaining what he wants to do and you have a bit of fun with Alfred saying he wants the car back and stuff like that. It's just excellent writing, which was always yeah. lacking, I think.
1: And what's really interesting is Alfred is can be serious, but then he also has his funny moments too.
2: Hmm. The pair of them, they just they have natural chemistry.
0: right there when we saw Zaz I was just like
2: oh, cool <laughs> did you think I'll, he was going to um, have a larger part in the film
0: I, you know I did because I didn't I didn't of course you know I stayed away from the spoilers so I was just like oh my goodness this is so cool I think I I honestly you know I eat my bucket of popcorn like right at the beginning I think I was already done by this point it had me just so intrigued
2: mm. Plus of course we forgot to mention Killian Murphy is just really great and he's really creepy from the start, isn't he?
0: Well, you know, I I had only seen him in what, twenty eight days? Yeah. Before. So when I when I when he popped up in here I was just like, wonder how this guy's gonna work out.
1: It's interesting how uh Richard Dawes thing for district attorneys.
2: Yeah, yeah, and most of them end up uh, in a pretty bad shape.
0: (laughs) 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 And you know what? Even keeping right between that sequence right there, um, the music again, that's, man, Hans Zimmer and and James Newton, man, that's freaking awesome.
2: Yeah, I always forget James Newton Howard uh, did it as well, didn't he? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and I always wonder, like, do you ever tell people that when you're listening on your iPod, what are you listening to? And then you have to show them, like, the Batman, you know, Batman Begins score, or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just listening to this. They're like, oh, you like musical? Yeah. Uh No, I like Batman. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've uh, said so the music, sometimes I listen to it uh, when I'm in the gym on the treadmill and yeah, it keeps me going, it's awesome
1: All I like about it is that it's consistent If it's meant to be a softer tone it stays a softer tone for a decent amount of time Unlike the Bond movies where like one track on the soundtrack will be real fast paced and it'll die down and then it'll become real fast paced and it'll die down I really can't stand music like that
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, Hans Zimmer can do the emotional moments too.
0: You know, when I was watching this film too, I was like, wow, they went to a real cave. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It made you feel like you're really inside a real cave.
2: I remember seeing this for the first time thinking, wow, this is going to have the huge bat computer and he's going to have all the planes and the cars and everything, but it doesn't quite work out like that by the end of the film. I love the way it's a low budget bat cave. You just see like, you know, he's putting up some lights (laughs) and uh, he's got a car and that's about it really.
0: You know, what's one of the great things about Texas. We have like a large bat community, but if anybody's ever been to like a real bat cave, it's stinks because all the bird the, i mean the bat poop is on the floor so whenever you walk yeah. around there it's like on the floor but uh when we watched this film and i told my wife and the bat the bats were flying out i stood like right in the middle and i was just like <laughs> i was i was such a nerd man but it felt so cool to do that <laughs>
2: <laughs> well uh i think the bat poop i think that's what alfred's for really just to clear it up all day
0: <laughs> i know alfred can you clean that real quick in the cave and we're going to lay like yeah, he, he comes back from
2: a mission. Goes, he comes back from a mission. Goes, Alfred. Come on! I told you to keep that cave clean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that explains why there's cages and cases for everything in the back cave.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not, not as... Um,
0: Here, when he, when he's talking to Carmine, doesn't he look like he's already like a cycle? Like he has that look already.
2: Mm. What's the, um, he's a famous actor, the guy in the boardroom, isn't he?
1: Yeah, uh, oh, Roger Howard? Yeah.
2: What's his name? Oh, yeah, the guy from Blade Runner yeah. There's another. There's another big name. You know, quality actor they got for a secondary, even maybe even a minor role. It doesn't really do much.
0: Do you mean the guy with the the salt and pepper hair? Yeah. Oh no no I'm I'm sorry I thought you were talking about one of the other actors in the boardroom. That there's another actor in there that he's come out on a lot of other films too.
2: Oh, is that the one who likes Thomas Wayne? Yeah, you're exactly. I think we might have mentioned this before, but if they were really clever, they could have dropped a hint about Harvey Dent in this film. Wouldn't need to see him or anything, but just the name would have been pretty cool.
0: You know, to uh, to David Goyer and Christopher Nolan's credit, they, uh, they really went out on a limb because this was just like, you know they're trying to revamp a whole franchise and, Hey, you know what? We're not going to have the Joker or the Riddler in it. This, we're going to have this. (laughs) So that was bold too.
2: Well, the film, I mean, I mean, you wouldn't say it's a flop, but it did not excel at the box office, uh, when it first came out. Um, and I'm not, I mean, I think it might be the reason because they didn't have the Joker or the Riddler or anyone like that. Um, and it's interesting how it didn't... Because I was reading recently about Superman Superman, and the films they want to do. You know, They want another sequel. Superman did about as well as Batman Begins. Maybe even a bit better. Uh, and Superman hasn't been given the opportunity for a sequel, but Batman did get the opportunity. I think that even though Batman Begins didn't make a ton of money at the box office, I think Warner Brothers watched it and thought, you know what, this is actually very good quality film. I think if we... You know, chuck in someone like the Joker and you could get a lot of money out of it. Um, what are your guys' opinions on why it didn't make a huge amount of money?
1: It, well, to say that it didn't make a, a, a good amount of money, I mean, compared to the money that some of these movies are making this year, I mean, it made a decent amount. I think Batman Begins ended up coming out with like $275 million total. I mean, it's still pretty
2: good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just saying that, you know, it was at, nothing like the Dark time, Knight.
0: Well, I, I, here's uh, here's what, the, going back and looking back on it. Honestly, I think Batman Begins picked up when it was not even in theaters. And I think WB, if you look at the DVD sales, or even just for um, uh, movies downloaded even during the time, Batman Begins was really high. So I think the, the whole re- the retelling of Batman for people to buy into Batman um, came after the fact. When they're sitting at home and they're looking... At the a DVD they it or or something like that, because I don't I think a lot of people were really disappointed because people were saying, "Hey, Batman doesn't even show up until like an hour or so before you start the movie." You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that's what people were really kind of, you know, uh you know, should I do it? Should I do it? But much like, uh, you know, it, it it is a great film because it tells you a story. You know what I mean? Everybody's like, oh, it didn't have a story. it Didn't have enough content this does, and it gives you that it offers you that, and I think that's what yeah. people later on find out uh, about Batman Begins, that's why I think the Dark Knight was as big as it was, because hey, you know what Christopher Nolan, David Goyer sold these people on, Bruce Wayne first, Batman second mm-hmm.
1: I love that he's walking around with his utility belt on him when he's not in the costume it's kind of interesting <laughs> <laughs> I love Alfred Michael Kane is so yeah. perfect he is
2: yeah well I mean he always does a g- I haven't seen him in any film that I thought wow that was pretty poor he's usually very good and he's been around for so long
0: you know when um, Bruce is going through this the whole thing with the like dust I brought up the belt um, the cave even his suit is, it gives people a chance to really buy in to the character rather than oh here's a bad suit okay he's already fighting a villain you know what I mean you really get to see the, the little pains he had to go through to get to be Batman
2: hmm like getting the cow and stuff like that <laughs> It's not as simple as just Bruce Wayne has some money, and as you say, all of a sudden, like Batman and Robin, I mean, he's got like a hundred suits. I mean, it's just, it's not quite, no one relates to that. No one finds that interesting.
1: I don't think they could have made Flash any more disgusting.
2: Yeah, he was. I, I've not seen that cool. guy in anything else.
0: Ah, oh, too fast, too furious. He was in that movie where they put yeah. a round oh, in his he? chest. Yep. Yeah, but he also honest, he couldn't be he much. Diff- awesome he couldn't be. Uh,
2: yeah, he, he's very different to Batman Year One, though, isn't he? <laughs>
0: And the music going on right now.
1: Mm. I love that he's using a (laughs) stickler.
0: It's that little click sound. All you gotta hear is a click, and you're scared.
3: <clears throat> yeah.
1: It's funny because it was like the perfect Commissioner Gordon moment when Batman disappears, but then the fact that he sticks like, his head out the window and he's walking away up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> that had hurt.
0: I love the fact that um that uh Christopher Nolan decided to use that that like that beginning part of Batman because when if fans if they ever go back and pick up a comic book they're going to see that and they're like hey that was in the movie mm
2: I mean, you can see that from... He used elements from Batman Year One and also, you know, for this film. And then you saw elements of the long Halloween in The Dark Knight. And it's just nice to see that he's actually done some research. He clearly enjoyed those books and wanted to use elements of it and put it in his film. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine Joel Schumacher doing anything like that. I mean, we we talked about Bane. I mean, Bane was... um, it was in the Nightfall story that was going on at the time they were writing it, and they still managed to get the character completely wrong.
0: You know what I, I found um, really cool? Even though fans would probably be like, "Oh, that's not real about the memory cloth," David Goyer had mentioned where he had went to like um, the inventions the government was doing, and memory cloth was one. And he he just found it interesting that it was real and that they put it in the movie, and everybody was like saying, "Hey, that's not real." <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny.
1: Fox is another guy who's got, like, the perfect lines.
0: Morgan Freeman is awesome. Now we have to come yeah. to the to the Batmobile. I'm a huge Batmobile fan. And I don't think there's one Batmobile I I really don't like. I even like the Batmobile from Batman and Robins. You know, there's some nice aspects Ooh. about it. But... Really? <laughs> But uh, but the Tumblr was like a tank. And of course, it took me back to Frank Miller stories, you know. So when I saw it, I was like, you know, this is pretty cool. This could work.
2: I think when everyone first saw the new Batmobile, I think everyone was like, hmm, that's very different. Because it's not a sports car or anything like it. But I think it blew everyone away just how cool it was, especially when it was it got into action.
0: Yeah i love i love the 89 batmobile I, I, I think that's my favorite batmobile but this yeah, me one too. i mean and i'm I'm sad to think about it but in batman 3 if it doesn't come back i'm gonna be kind of sad
2: <laughs> yeah i wonder what they'll do
0: well there's two of them actually he just mentioned that right now in the line he goes two were in development so if one got blown up you know hey there's another one we know
1: graphite, sir. Perhaps the next 10,000 will be up to s- the specifications. <laughs> I want one of those utility belts. Hmm. <laughs>
0: Now, what did y'all think about this Batman Batman symbol?
1: I liked it. I mean, it definitely wasn't the original, but it makes it more modern, the fact that it doesn't have just rounded edges and stuff.
2: Yeah, it's spiky. It's practical. And it looks cool. And you need to be a bit different.
0: I liked it. I thought it was like, wow, I love that. I, I I collect like little pins, like you know, you can just put on your coat or something. And I have um a, a pin collection actually from the 40s ones that were even being printed to the even I think back in the 70s when they were coming back out again. And I have original Batman symbol that has it looks like a real like bat. It has like this but it has circle ears instead of the the spiky ears. So that's always nice. I like see, seeing like all the different variations of the Bat symbol. And I thought this one was just like one of the perfect ones in there.
2: Mm. Can I just bring up, I'm really glad they brought you know drug dealers into the films because you never really saw that before because we were always dealing with supervillains and stuff. But Batman quite often is just stopping drug dealers and things like that. And it, I think it brought, it brought it to the realistic nature that we wanted.
1: Yeah, I mean, like... Besides, let's see, besides uh, Batman, uh, the 1989 one, where they first introduced Batman and he's taken out those two thugs, I don't think in any other movie Batman is just taking out thugs that aren't associated with them, like one of the supervillains.
2: Mm-hmm. No. And this moment is, you know, this introduction of Batman, this whole scene is awesome. Really well, well done. The way they hide him is excellent.
0: I love Batman by the docks. It just adds a little eeriness to it because it's like always wet or something. But I, I love that when they when they did this too.
2: Yeah. And these moments at the start where you want to see him, you want to see the new Batman, but they hide him just a little bit. It's really cleverly done.
0: <laughs> I liked when that guy's still looking up up there and he was like, hey, what are you looking at?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: so there's one guy with a gun and there's a bunch of guys just standing around all grouped together in one spot
0: (laughs) see if that's smart he's like I'm gone <laughs> that guy was scared.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, Where are you? I You're, always loved ah. that moment. Now, a lot of people had complaints about the, you know, in particular these sort of shots with the fighting, just because it was so close up and you couldn't really see anything going on. But I think, and that's I'd, what ag- I'd agree with them a little bit.
1: But I think that's what adds to the mystery of the character
2: yeah i mean there's good and bad things about it for me uh i'd like to see a bit more of what you can actually do
0: you know like um i like how they they use the the real sense because unfortunately i've been around where there's a real fight (laughs) and whenever you're fighting it's like everyone's around and everything's close like that you know what i mean it's not like oh hey i'm gonna do a sweep (laughs) kick and then i'm gonna come over here and do another sweep kick and have all the room in the world it's really not like that it's like really close it's close combat
2: and sorry, just going back to that bit with that tramp and the coat. I've always hated that moment. I've never liked it because I just thought it was so set up and it just didn't work. I mean, why is the tramp just hanging around by the drug dealers? And could, would Bruce Wayne really remember this guy he gave a coat to ten years ago?
1: Well, considering never Bruce liked that Wayne bit. hasn't been around for a good ten years or been around people that's worth remembering, <laughs> you might remember <laughs>
2: You might remember bro. It's very convenient that he's just hanging around, though.
0: I thought this was pretty cool. <laughs> and she still fires it at him. <laughs>
2: Uh, wasn't there someone you interviewed, Dustin, who said that they thought in the new films that the, the they finally got the cloak right? Well, sorry, the cape right with uh, Batman.
1: I think... I can't remember if that was something that... They were talking about the movie or if they were talking about the video game. Because the video game, Batman Arkham Asylum, somebody commented that they think that they finally got the... The that cape they, right. Yeah, the cape right. I think I said that. I, yeah. I
2: think one of the art. I think one of the artists you interviewed said that they thought the the cape finally looked great in the films, and in that moment there with Rachel, I think it it really shows off there, and especially yeah. when they do the uh, the shots on top of buildings and stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I, wasn't that was it Dustin? Was it Dustin? Yeah, when it, when it, it might have been I Dustin.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because when you look at the old films, it's just the cape is there. They never really use it, but in the um, in these ones, you actually it gets used quite often. It's probably a real pain trying to set that cape up up as well, I imagine.
1: That is the worst bat signal in the world. (laughs) Like, what is that? I don't know. If you can assume it's a bat, then you are a genius.
2: Yeah. Looks like a stick man or something.
0: Yeah. I thought that was cool how Batman's just sitting on there, and I was like, wait a minute, how did he get on there? He had to hop from the other side of the building to that right there.
2: Yeah, a lot of people don't think that shot's actually real, but I'm pretty sure they got a man and strapped him to the top of the building.
0: See, every time I see Kitty Holmes I just think of Dawson's Creek I don't know why
3: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: thought that was really cool how they show uh, uh, Bruce with the bruises already
2: I always thought this was the most boring part of the film, actually.
0: I thought that was pretty cool that you can have the CEO right there and he's just, like, having a drink in his office. <laughs> but
1: he's yeah. in the conference room. That's
2: what's even more Yeah, in the boardroom. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: And I always thought, yeah, the guy who delivers the message is a bit of a wimp. And, uh, yeah, this just this whole bit. I was like, oh, I really don't care. Let's get back to Batman. He's only just turned up.
1: why they would have some kind of like weapon like that sitting on a boat in the middle of the ocean especially if it was something that wasn't in production mm-hmm. this dinner scene reminds me of so much of American Psycho
2: yeah (laughs) yeah he just needs to get his business cards out I
0: thought that was so cool man
2: I also I always think uh, I think Christian Bale's been very good at the whole playboy Bruce Wayne bit he's been very good at that part
1: Scene because he's like, oh wait, ah, uh, oh no, she's not supposed to see me like this.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: I do wonder where he picked up those girls.
1: Well, it's like the other, uh, in Dark Knight, how he has the Russian ballet. Yeah. I think it's more of a, he just, hey, uh, he calls somebody up, hey, I'm Bruce Wayne. I've got a billion dollars, or I'm a billionaire. And they just flock to him.
2: Yeah. And I love his car as well. That Lamborghini is awesome.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs)
0: that was pretty funny too carway
2: i really can't see what uh killian murphy as batman i'm surprised he was even close yeah but i mean he's a top quality actor i'm glad they used him but i really can't i mean i can't imagine him as batman at all he doesn't have the chin you gotta have a good chin I remember when I first saw this and they were talking about this, this big guy coming into Gotham and, uh, you know, Scarecrow was working for him. Uh, I think the first time I saw the film, I, I was thinking that Scarecrow was behind all of it and there was no big guy. Certainly wasn't expecting Raz al Ghul to turn up. I
0: thought that was really cool. <laughs> it was funny cuz he he went in there and the guy was faking and he left them like really insane. <laughs> yeah.
1: I wonder if that that stuff must eventually you know uh wear off.
2: I think Batman was waiting outside Gordon's house all night for him to uh, take the rubbish out? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> he's like, man, so finally, God, I've been waiting for all, all night for you.
0: <laughs> That's why he leaves so fast without telling you he's like, God.
2: <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He's really angry.
0: I can't tell you this part when this part, when he's eating it, I was like, I don't know why, but I get hungry. <laughs> he's like, they they don't like <laughs>
2: What is falafel?
0: Uh, I'm guessing it's like an Indian food. I
1: guess it's uh, something in the Middle East. I had some when I was in Iraq.
0: Yeah, so then
1: it's good Falafel's stuff. Like, it's definitely good stuff, though. It looks I
2: just think... like it. It looks just like a meat sandwich.
0: <laughs> I think we call those uh, gorditas where I'm from. <laughs> That's what it looked like.
2: This is a great scene, though,
0: Oh, my God. From the long Halloween? Oh, my goodness. It was... This was cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's long Halloween, isn't it? Yeah.
0: I was like, oh, there's food on his mouth. They came back out. Uh. <laughs> yeah.
2: Now, I need to bring up a point about Batman's voice, because people, you know, the the average person always goes on about how, oh, I like Batman, but that voice is stupid. And there's a perfectly valid reason for it. Um, I'm sure we've mentioned it before that this is a realistic film if me or Apple or Dustin dress up as Batman and run around, I'm sure you will be able to tell from our voice, oh, that's Nick, that's Apple, that's <laughs> Dustin. Uh, you would have to change your voice, otherwise people can under- will figure out who you are straight away. That's the point Yeah. It. And it really it annoys is. me what people keep going on about, and it seems to bother a lot of people, and I don't yeah. understand why.
1: Well, people just, they don't like the fact that it's as hoarse as it is, but I don't know. I think what they could have done was, uh, if you've ever watched Smallville, what Green Arrow does with his voice, they just have this little thing that goes on his throat that makes it, his voice distorted. So when he talks, it's not its not his voice. They never actually explained if they did that or not in here, but based on the fact that Christian Bale says he loses his voice when he voices Batman, it doesn't really <laughs> help.
0: That's what I'm saying, because like, if you were in a Batman costume, and you're like, okay, this is my voice as as Apple if i dress up in batman i'll be like all right war you know i mean you can still tell it's me but i'm just gonna drop it and make it more raspy or something more scary
2: yeah i mean this is meant to be realistic uh i mean i hate to bring up spider-man again but when you hear spider-man talk it sounds a lot like peter parker and i'm amazed no one's picked that up
0: yeah exactly
2: I love the uh, look of the Narrows by the way. I think it looks brilliant. And I love the idea that Arkham Asylum is just in the middle of it.
0: See, I didn't know how I was going to feel about that because I always, you know, thought of Arkham like on the outskirts. But the <clears> fact, <throat> fact that they put it like on its own little island and it looked like um, very like foggy and in by itself, I guess. That looked really cool.
1: It's actually amazing how easily Scarecrow is able to take him out.
2: Yeah.
0: See, and I like that. It makes you buy into Batman more being real. It's like, oh, you know, he didn't have an ex, you know, extinguisher on his suit. I mean guy just fill out a two story building onto a car just trying yeah. to get away. It's like man that's that's Batman, he's real.
2: Yeah, and he's he's only just started. I mean it's like his first or second night out, so it, you know, he's gonna make mistakes. And I love this the moment coming up with Alfred, just the uh the look of Alfred, excellent acting.
0: Well you know what was funny too, when I was watching this, I was like, okay. He went all the way to the top. How did Alfred get him down from there?
2: Yeah. No, Alfred's not as uh, weak as you think.
0: Yeah, he was he was what, MI5 at the time.
2: Yeah. I'd also expect someone would notice if uh, Batman sneaked in the back of a car. <laughs>
0: It it looks like a Rolls Royce, too, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: it looks like a Rolls or an old Jaguar or something. Hey,
0: there goes Batman!
2: Yeah.
3: Rolls
0: Royce! That was cool when Loser Fox shows up. He said I called him and I was like, Wow, secrets out.
2: <laughs> yeah. And you and you realize that they're old buddies as well. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> oh, I love the unsaid uh the unsaid truth between their discussions. Plan on gassing yourself with some more weaponized
2: solutions <laughs> I think it says I think I just caught that first time I've noticed it before in the background uh, where his party's going to be it says 30 yeah
1: yeah. I always I, I, had a discretion yeah. about that
2: yeah
0: you know what's funny that about that <laughs> uh, when, <laughs> when that came out of the movie I was just like hey wait a minute <laughs>
1: I'm almost 30 <laughs> honestly I would think he's more on the lines of maybe twenty six.
2: Yeah.
0: You know what was funny, I think they honestly did that because uh Christian Bell was actually thirty when they were filming this.
2: He doesn't look it.
0: He's very young. I mean he's only what, thirty four now, thirty five maybe?
1: Mm. Mm. I not know, I thought he was 35 when he filmed this. I could be wrong.
2: I really want to find out what that joke is that he knows. It's probably pretty rubbish.
0: About the arrowhead,
2: huh?
0: You said about the joke about the arrowhead.
2: No, the, the joke because you know uh, Bruce tells says to tell him that joke, you know.
1: Yeah. Oh, 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 I got you. I got you. Yeah. I love this case that he has the bat suit in. Yeah, yeah it's, it's even like cooler a how in a Dark Knight you know? he gets like an updated cage.
0: I thought Roger Howard was mean in this part.
2: (laughs) I I didn't really understand why. What was the point in firing Lucius Fox?
0: Because he probably is better than him and knows more than him.
2: He'd been around for so long, you could have fired him years ago.
0: Exactly. But I guess you didn't get the memo, Nick. (laughs) (laughs)
2: he just asked him a question uh, so did you lose one of these weapons and he goes you're fired I thought, hmm that's pretty harsh <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't
2: understand why he has it out for him so badly no I mean he's already put him in the basement and just made him work down there it's not like he's in the boardroom or anything. And you know,
0: Katie Holmes is a very you know tall actress too. I think she's almost six foot.
2: I don't, I don't think so... uh, Killian, Killian Murphy is that tall. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably standing on a box or something. <laughs>
0: I think that was probably what led to them recasting it again, too.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, you know, she's kind of tall. You've got to have a tall Batman.
0: and that's really cool because now you buy in how Batman can hear because you saw it earlier in the movie when he was holding that earpiece to it mm. instead of them just trying to say yeah I heard it in my earpiece yeah I thought that was so cool. He like they're like, man, that looks so cool, Arkham. And they go down to like the basement. Yeah. I think this is the last time we talked on a commentary because the movie's good. (laughs) It is so good. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I I like this part. I like
2: this part. Yeah. I I hadn't seen this for a few years, so it's great to watch it again. And everyone's been getting so excited and praising The Dark Knight so much. A lot of people have forgotten how good this film is.
0: It started somewhere.
1: It's coming up in like a well, very soon. But the the ghoulish Batman, I never really understood that.
0: Oh, because that was a uh, Doctor Crane's take. No, I know. I'm just
1: saying. Like, I I could see the bats flying out of people's mouths and stuff like that. But the way <laughs> the ghoulish Batman is just like, eh, seriously, why is the Batman guy? <laughs> black stuff coming out of his mouth. It was kinda of, reminded me of penguin and
0: Batman which, <laughs> <laughs> which in you know side note to the the movie masters right now, that's a hot toy is that uh the ghoulish Batman.
2: Yep. I thought you were gonna say the, the penguin with the black stuff coming coming out of his mouth. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, the ghoulish Batman, but I I think it's all right. I think it's okay.
0: He's just like all darkness.
2: I mean, it conveys what the Scarecrow's thinking at the time. You know, he's petrified. But he's not scared enough to uh, tell him (laughs) what's going on. No, I love this bit with all the cops. This is awesome.
0: <laughs> I like. It. I like wearing on. Uh, backups on the way. <laughs> he's like, he's to go in there. And yeah, I'll on. just uh, stay
2: here. Yeah. And Gordon's like, screw you all. I'm going in.
0: You know, which is is um. This like uh is very cool that they give you like a, a more inside Arkham look because I know we had experience, you know, Arkham within uh you know Batman Forever and like you know we get to see a, a little bit of it within uh some of the films, you know, and more so in the Batman anime series where you get to see a lot of Arkham too. But mm-hmm. uh this was very cool. It gives you like an insight of it.
2: Yeah. But it's not I mean it's quite a plain building nothing to me. It's not a very special building, and it's not what I usually picture Arkham Asylum as. Uh,
0: yeah, like more so like an old rusted castle type place.
2: Yeah, but then that that would look, you know, I mean that's what I imagine. But then that would look stupid in one of Nolan's films.
0: Seeing I don't think that building really exists, right, Dust? That's not in really in Chicago.
1: No. Again, it really just looks like any other building in Chicago. So. <laughs>
2: speaking of which i mean do you you guys content with uh the chicago gotham look i mean i mean when we did the 89 commentary apple we were always saying how much we loved that gotham but i think that's something that that's missing a bit in nolan's just because i mean i mean it fits with his films but it's that's it you know it's all glass buildings
0: within the the Burton I love the art deco but the thing was that it was either drawn in a background or you know really cgi'd in Nolan's these are like you know like dust just said it could be any building in Chicago it's like a real building like it's somewhere you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and I, I think that's that's the difference between the two so i treat them both differently i like Nolan's state cuz it's like it's it's more real than tim burton's but i love the art deco because of you know the personal style I like you know what's a real fun fact, too? Man, you see all the bats here, but in Dark Knight, they never show up. It's like, because they're no. not in the Batcave, so...
2: <laughs> yes, so like, don't you reckon all, Z- all these the bats cave. came from the Batcave? I mean, it's, it's I, quite a journey. <laughs> I mean, <you> he <laughs> pressed the button, and they were there in about 30 seconds.
0: Which I thought was, you know, really cool.
2: I know um, Dustin's favorite bit's coming up.
1: I love how the, the
0: <laughs> inmates sit there, huh? Yeah,
2: okay. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like bananas. It's like, uh, yeah. Did a bat just walk through our room?
1: I brought mine. Ugh, it's good stuff.
0: And, like, the alleys, they look like such a dump.
2: Yeah. Now, this was when, you know, we finally got to see the Batmobile, and it was just amazing. I think a lot of, quite a few people were sort of, as we said, when they first saw it, they were like, uh, I don't know about that. But I think after this scene, everyone was like, Whoof, this is the new Batmobile.
0: Well, I, I think that uh, one of the, the news... Uh I, you could tell me if you saw this, but one of the news, we're covering the, the filming of this, and it popped up on a very young YouTube. And uh, it, they just showed the Batmobile going through the city, and I was like, oh, my God. I said, spoilers, so cool. <laughs> They're like, look at the Batmobile running through Chicago. And they were like, Phew. I was like, oh, my God.
2: Did you know um when they first designed the Batmobile, which by the way was built in the UK, uh, when they first designed the Batmobile, uh, originally the windows on the front were see through and they had the driver had to wear the bat suit. Now, in the actual car, which is a fully functioning car, in the car, um, if you were driving it you were practically sitting above the engine and uh the problem was that it got really, really hot in there.
3: Hot, yeah. At,
2: yeah, really hot. And the guy was wearing the full bat suit. And I think in one of the test drives, he actually passed out while they were driving it. And uh, so they realized, hmm, we're going to have to change this. And they got rid of the see-through windows, changed it to black. Which makes sense, really. I don't know why. The Batmobile shouldn't have see-through windows. It should be tinted anyway. And uh, so then what they did was they changed the windows so you couldn't see through it. And so the guy in there is probably just wearing, like, his underwear. That's about it, because it's so hot. Yeah.
1: Flying on rooftops.
2: They got really, that lion really annoys me. <laughs> Great music again.
0: Man I love it man I, I can't wait for Wednesday Wednesday is supposed to be the Hot Toys uh, release of the Batmobile in a large scale oh man I can't wait
2: hmm. I was so disappointed in The Dark night when it blew up
0: yeah that was that was the sad part for, for Batmobile fans
2: I also love his little um, his little area that he goes down into to drive it. It's pretty cool. You
0: thus know, being from Chicago, did they did they really enjoy um, the filming being there? I mean, because like it looked like a lot of destruction was going on, and you know things were going on. Was you know Chicago happy having that type of stuff going? Well, or
1: oh yeah, yeah, especially um, when they did the Dark Knight. I just remember I wasn't in Chicago when they were filming the Dark Knight, but I remember a bunch of it was like the same thing I was saying earlier about all the news stations were talking about it all the time. I mean they uh Chicago's all about film and movies. I mean Wanted was film in Chicago too. That mm-hmm. that famous uh, chase scene where Angelina and Julie's hanging outside the car, that was in Chicago. Chicago was all about making it uh, I guess making it a making its town available for people to film their movie.
2: Did it ever interrupt you at all? Did they ever sort of shut down a road or a subway uh, or something? They
1: did shut down a, a good chunk, but they always did it at night. So that way it wasn't hmm. affecting what was going on.
2: Yeah. Cause I remember when, uh, in the dark night they, they blew up that it was either a warehouse that they pretended was a hospital or it wasn't actually an old hospital. And um, to sort of make everyone aware of it and stuff. I mean, can you imagine living in a city and then like there's a, a huge building blows up, and you're not aware of what's going on:
1: You those know, so voices in so raspy anymore now?
2: Hmm. And she still doesn't notice. I also I always think that eye makeup, especially in this scene, he had eye makeup, then he takes off his cow and then his eye makeup's gone.
1: Yeah, I guess uh I guess that uh the the cow itself has some kind of
2: makeup remover.
1: It has some stuff like around it or something I don't know it's like I always thought about that maybe it's like a, a drape piece of drapery that pops down
2: mm. There's there's a bit in Batman Returns where you know throughout the film Batman's got that black eye makeup and then just at the moment where Michael Keaton rips off the cow you notice that the eye makeup has suddenly disappeared and so he takes off the cow and his face looks normal and it's pretty clumsily done
1: I don't understand the whole point of I don't I just don't understand why you have to have that stuff around tries. I mean I get it. I get the reason behind it, but I mean like I don't understand why they have to do that when they're doing the movies. Mm. How Alfred's like, don't destroy your your father's name, and uh, he does exactly that. I yeah, know, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, not only does he do that, he blows up his father's house. I always think that that bit with Alfred and Rachel, I think uh, the, the caterers or whoever it is that are looking at him, I'm thinking he's a bit of a dodgy old man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, hey, what's he doing?
2: Yeah, what's he doing in the back seat of his car with that girl?
1: Why is the girl knocked out?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine uh, Jim Gordon was a bit upset that he wasn't invited to the party. You see Morgan Freeman seems to think that he's been fired because he asked too many questions about that microwave emitter but all he asked was have you lost one
0: yeah and he got
2: fired <laughs> there's only one question <laughs>
0: that's all you needed that's all you needed <laughs> yeah I like that relationship I'm glad they used that in this movie too
3: mm-hmm
0: When you I remember, hear his voice you're like oh wow
2: I remember when that guy that Chinese guy turns around he's going that's not Ken Watanabe <laughs> who the hell who the hell is that guy yeah, and then no, he just wanders he the, off
1: he had the most ugly facial hair <laughs> yeah
2: what was the point in him he just turns around look at, looks at him and then when Liam Neeson starts talking he just wanders off back to the party
0: He takes the lady away.
2: Yeah. I thought this speech was uh, really well done. (laughs)
0: That was pretty funny.
2: To do that more often at my parties <laughs> stop smiling get out <laughs> it's not a joke
1: because they all think it's a joke that's what's really funny yeah and I find it funny how he ends up uh, having tons of people flock to him again later on in dark night
2: mm. yeah. yeah they don't seem too concerned about the fact his house burnt down
0: well they forgave him because they said that he was a drunk so <laughs> oh
2: that's what that's all right, then. well so I love the, the uh, we just missed it but the henchmen who uh, remain behind after all the party goers and there's one of them who's sitting in the orchestra who is probably playing the violin hiding <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ooh, and there we go. All the villains are going to be lit out.
2: We do see Zaz again, don't we?
0: Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, at the end,
2: yeah. now Dustin, I think Liam Neeson knows how to do good facial hair. Way better yep. than the other guy.
1: Yep, definitely. Yeah. Yep. There's Zaz, uh, there's his little uh he's uh Mark Solver.
2: Can you really see them um bringing back Rosal Golf Batman 3? No. If Nolan's involved, I can't see it happening.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see it happening.
2: Because then they've got no. to come up with all the stuff about the Lazarus pits and stuff, and that's just not that's not Nolan's style.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't think they would they would do that.
2: Yeah. They might bring in Talia, but that's about it.
0: Such as your parents.
1: See, I don't see how Roz would have known exactly that that board was gonna fall. Not to mention <laughs> that board's all charred up, and it's uh, it's been on flames. It's been in fire for a while, not long enough, obviously, as the fire's been burning. So that's kind of strange.
2: Yeah, a board that large should be part of the foundation of the uh, you know the first floor. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the floor should fall on top of Bruce.
0: Well, see, I had a theory. While the guy was up there, he was lighting it on fire when he dropped down on Bruce. <laughs> he,
2: was, he was waiting for the signal from Raz. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's when he said, we have returned. All right, light it right now.
2: <laughs> By the way, did you see when all those Arkham inmates ran out, did you see the really old guy? It was just like he was wandering around.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, there's just this old man who looked, who's part of the Arkham crew who looks like he's completely insane.
0: You know when I saw those little um those bottle vials, the ones with the with the the cure in it. Uh I don't know why, but they remind me of Jurassic Park when they were doing the little they had those little things in Jurassic Park.
2: <laughs> oh, this is the bit where Alfred gets to do some action.
1: because Bruce is just sitting there he looks up and I'm like, are you serious? <laughs>
0: it's yeah. like, but it's like true, right? He's <laughs> like, what's the point? If you're not going to do it.
2: I couldn't see Michael Goff's Alfred saying that.
1: No. No. <laughs>
2: I mean, I think you can really tell from this film that Chris Nolan really thought Alfred was a very important character. And it's just what the the directors ignored Alfred, Commissioner Gordon, Lucius Fox wasn't even involved in the other films. And Nolan looked at all these characters and thought, you know what, I can actually use all of these characters and they can actually play a meaningful part.
1: can't believe that cop just got told off by some chick yeah wearing knee-high leather boots they look like the slums of Hong Kong
2: Mm. yeah they do I always thought it was a bit odd that that boy goes to ask the SWAT team that he can't find his mum.
0: <laughs> well, the mom ran away with uh, all those prisoners going around.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Rachel Dawes just happens to turn up there.
1: I remember watching some of the spe- one of the special features uh, about this scene and how this was all done inside and. There was so much steam that once they got done shooting they had to wait till they had to wait a while in between because it would rain inside because there was so much steam. <laughs>
2: I always thought it was a bit odd at this bit that as we got told a minute ago there's a lot of rapists and serial killers running around the Narrows and Gordon just um, handcuffed Flass <laughs> to, a, to a radio <laughs> and just left him there
0: <laughs> Well,
2: <laughs> I know he didn't like him very much him. but that's harsh <laughs>
1: the Batmobile really could jump that far
0: I don't know I know in the, the behind Dance. the scenes they were showing a jump off of stuff
2: I imagine that Batmobile's pretty heavy, so they probably could manage to jump.
1: It does look a little fat in that scene. <laughs>
2: Sorry, did you say he looks a bit fat?
1: Yeah, his face looks a little bit chunky in that, uh... Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, it does. What do you reckon to the uh, scarecrow on the horse? Do you think it looks a bit stupid, or...?
1: No, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, Ichabod Crane from Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think, is it the long Halloween he's riding a horse, I think, in that book?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it was.
2: But I always thought the Scarecrow was dealt with quite easily. She just shot him in the face with that taser and and that's it.
1: (laughs) There's Oz. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like how that
0: kid keeps looking around and still the guys that are coming at him.
2: (laughs) Has he actually got the marks on him?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You just have to watch around his neck.
2: Uh
1: uh-huh. see now he doesn't look so chunky.
2: Nah. <laughs> So that was probably one of the uh, earliest shots yeah. they did. The that first that previous scene. Maybe it was a bit of a tight fit. <laughs> I wish a superhero could keep their identity from one person just for a f- for one film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we be able like Every minutes. film they've got to tell someone, haven't they?
1: It's like a it's like an unsaid truth that has to yeah. be done.
2: One person has to find out every film. And I think Liam Neeson's wearing the coolest gas mask I've ever seen.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Also, another thing that I don't know if anybody else noticed, but in the latest issue of Batman uh, 680 yeah, 688 688 uh, Penguin's henchman is wearing a mask on his face it looks exactly like the mask that Ra's al wearing gas mask mm.
0: the artist got inspired from Batman Begins
1: I, I honestly Oops. would not doubt it
2: I mean, it seems most of the uh, writers and artists that you've interviewed all pretty much generally like these Nolan films quite a lot. Yeah, and um, I think the only most for... of them seem most of them seem to prefer. Well, some of them seem to prefer Batman Begins to The Dark Knight. Actually,
1: yeah, I think the only complaint that like anybody has is that there is only. That the movies are a bit too long, but I think that's like their only
3: complaint.
0: Mm. What, what amazes me is, is they're a... long enough. <laughs> we like yeah, yeah go ahead and make it long. We like that.
2: What amazes me is the, the film's ability to keep almost everyone happy. You know, general public like it, fanboys like it, even the you know it, comic professionals like it, film professionals like it. There's not many people who don't like it.
1: other badmobiles attacking gps
2: yeah don't you find that guy in um, the guy in wayne tower the old guy goes over and over about how how much threat there is yeah about five times he tells us if that train reaches the main tower everything's gonna blow There's one fact I know about that guy in the tower. He's he used to. He's a voice actor for an old uh, British TV show called Thunderbirds, and yeah. uh, he was he was also in a lot of um, Bond films. I think around the Roger Moore period, he was always some like military guy who came to help Roger Moore. Have you seen Thunderbirds, Apple?
0: Yeah, I saw that one. That's that's pretty good. I know. I <laughs> know. I seen him like in other films with the too. with the puppets. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's awesome.
0: I love that part. Leonis is like, you'll never learn.
1: <laughs> That's a good moment right there. Yeah, don't you have anything new? Yeah. And then all he does is use his gauntlets to cut the blade in half.
0: You know, it was uh, kind of weird. I think we only saw the the monorail in the, the Dark Knight once. I think they only used it once.
2: What, when was that? I can't even remember it.
0: It was a far shot of the city, yeah. And you can see the monorails, but that was it. You didn't see any of them rolling, other than one of the regular Chicago's, the the regular uh, 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 rails, their normal ones. When at the beginning with the Joker, mm-hmm. and just when uh, Bruce was racing to save a uh, what's his name's life, um, the one that Joker told him to, if he's not dead within sixty seconds oh yeah yeah that's the only times you see like like really the rails but you never see the the monorails are the ones that they talk about in here within the film only except once
1: it's one thing that i kind of miss out on is there's a lot of things that happened batman begins that really didn't get carried over into the dark knight as far as Mm -hmm. like some of the stuff that's inside the city as far as some of the stuff um I mean,
2: there's no point just chucking in the monorail and Arkham Asylum if it's not going to be used, you know.
1: Well, they don't have to chuck it in, but they could give it a mention. or I mean, even with all the screenshots that happened in the Dark Knight, they could have easily done something with uh, just showing the monorail.
0: Exactly.
2: Maybe they uh, deconstructed the monorail after this.
0: Well, see, that's what we think happened with Dwayne Tower while it was moved, because this one's getting repaired. Hmm. That was cool.
1: I remember this special feature for this too. This entire thing where the monorail is going through that parking garage, it's all a miniature. They they filmed that using miniatures. Pretty good miniature.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, you know, when you watch films from 20, 30 years ago, when they use a miniature, you know, that's a miniature. Yep. uh, but you know you it's pretty seamless that one I do love that moment where Liam Neeson knows he's going to die and he oh, looks like he's about to die <laughs> and he just closes his eyes
0: <laughs> that was cool, Gordon. like I got your car here. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: I love this little conversation.
2: That's what you get for messing around with Lucius Fox.
0: It's all a bit technical.
2: thought he was a little bit harsh to this guy. I mean, yeah, okay, he he did fire Lucius Fox for not very good reasons, but what else did this guy do wrong? I don't really understand why he uh, wanted to get rid of him.
0: Well, he's running his dad's company different and not the way his dad would have wanted.
2: Well... Didn't you guys think um, when uh, Bruce and Alfred start talking about rebuilding the the foundations and stuff? Didn't you guys think in the sequel there's going to be an awesome Batcave? Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was a bit. I must admit, I was a bit gutted when I found out uh, it's all taking place. You know, he doesn't have his Batcave yet. I was a bit disappointed with that. I mean, it was pretty but cool you know, in the end.
0: But you know what? For Batman Three, I'm expecting an awesome Batcave. <laughs>
1: You know, it must be really, really cold in Gotham City. funny how she says the man she loved but the man she, like how did exactly did she express her love for him by telling him that Cho getting off scot-free was okay by slapping him telling him he was dumb
2: yeah I mean there was never evident, never any evidence they were sort of a couple at any point um what is with yeah. for
1: wearing those ugly freaking boots all the time She must only own knee-high boots.
2: It's Thomas Wayne He's coming back, Batman 3. <laughs> <laughs> it's all there, you just gotta look.
1: remember if there was actually ever in a comic but I like to see I like when they discussed they like brought in a bus full of like Polish immigrants that were the bus was blacked out to build the Bat Cave <laughs> they've talked about that in various comics but nonetheless it's just interesting because yeah. that's how I I don't see how else the Bat Cave would be able to get built Alfred. Uh, don't
0: know. <laughs> Alfred put all that concrete down there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bruce Wayne will just get two old men, Alfred and Lucius Fox, to build it for him. I love this final scene, it's excellent. And that moment when he gets out um you know, the card is brilliant oh yeah I mean everyone was just thinking wow this film was really good great job and then when he gets out this card you go oh my god
1: yeah 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 that was why he had a heart attack and see the best part was I understood completely why the movie theatre gave us free tickets to come back especially to the people who didn't see the first five minutes because they didn't stick around because the last five minutes was like holy crap holy crap
2: and, it, and everyone comes out of the cinema and yes the film was great but everyone comes out and goes oh my god I can't wait to see the next one
0: exactly oh my god that was so awesome I remember my buddies asking me oh, Joker who's gonna play the Joker they were excited afterwards I'm like
2: man I don't know <laughs> and it just got people, it got people thinking straight away
1: so needless to say great movie Overall, my rating: four and a half batarangs
0: out of five. Oh, I'm gonna. I'll. I'll probably have to do. Um, I'll, I'll probably have to give it five out of five. I. I, I completely love this movie. I love the yeah. the aspects of the comics in it. So I completely loved it.
2: And just out of interest, Dustin, before the Dark Knight came out, would you have given this five out of five? Yes, I would. Yeah dark knight took it that extra level
1: well the thing is like the because of the dark knight it showed me what christopher nolan what the cast were they could do more and that's what kind of brought yeah. the batman begins down that half half a batarang it's just the fact that they could have done what they did with batman or with the, the dark knight it wasn't like they had a humongous budget increase for dark knight they had no. I mean it was very similar. It's just it was a better story. It was better it was written better. Um and there was a lot less of the little nonsense things that we had in this movie. So
2: mm. needless to say it well, was I mean, a five and remember-
1: five. It was a five and a five up until Dark Knight came out and showed us really what they are capable of. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean I remember when the Dark Knight was when they were just starting to get working on it, I was thinking Good luck to you, but you're going to struggle to beat Batman Begins, and they surpassed it by quite a bit.
0: I, I thought the Dark Knight was going to be real huge, but I, I think that a lot of people, Batman Begins was really unsung. But because the Dark Knight was so good, that I think Batman Begins will kind of get back that um, that little respect that a lot of people may have not saw. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's yeah. that's the great thing about Batman Begins, because when you go back to it, you can appreciate it more
2: and it was what everyone finally wanted it was the first really loyal uh, good quality batman film um and as we said you've got to go back and look at the film previous to this and just think thank god christopher nolan for bringing us this because um batman was in a really really bad state and they ended up pulling it through and and bringing it to its golden age
1: So, anyway, that was Batman Begins. We hope everyone enjoyed the commentary. Um, great movie, and make sure you're listening next week for The Dark Knight, which will be our last movie commentary for the summer.
2: It's gone so fast. Mm hmm. Been nice to revisit all the films, though.
1: Yes, it definitely has. Make sure you guys are listening to the normal podcast and the comic podcast for all the latest comic, movie, book, TV, merchandise, and video game news. And if you have any concerns, comments, suggestions, email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. We will respond to any email we get. Also, join the forums. There's tons of people always on the forums. Make sure you join up on the forums. So, this is Dustin. This is Apple.
2: And this is Nick.
1: You've been listening to the Batman Universe specials with with Batman Begins Movie Commentary. We'll see you guys next time.
0: Take care, guys. See ya. And
3: tomorrow, same bat
2: time.